0: This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine.
1: And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia.
0: This episode is brought to you by Bullfrog Spas. Welcome to our first episode of 2020. I'm excited for what we've got in store for the podcast this year. Unfortunately, our first episode will not feature my co-host. It should be no surprise at this point for me to say that Jeff and I aren't the most technically gifted people. When something goes wrong, we just do not have the ability to troubleshoot on the fly. And we wasted a good 45 minutes of poor Jamie's time trying to figure it out. Speaking of which, our first guest, Jamie Novak from NC Brands, graciously sat through our issues. Jamie has been in the pool and spa industry for nearly 15 years, and she is currently working on getting her MBA from the Johns Hopkins Carey Business School. We thought we'd tap into both her marketing knowledge from those years working in the industry, as well as all the fresh, cutting-edge things she's picking up from school. I hope you enjoy it. So on the podcast today, we have Jamie Novak. She is a brand manager with NC Brands, which is now part of Biolab for a little bit over just about a year now. So welcome, Jamie. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Once again, we're having some technical issues and we have kicked Jeff out of this interview. (laughs) girls only today. <laughs> or at least that's what the technology gods thought. Yes. Just to get us started. And I actually was thinking about this and I feel like we know each other fairly well. We see each other, at all the events and chit chat quite a bit, but I don't think I actually know how you got into the industry or anything about your background. So will you enlighten us? Sure. Of course. Of course.
1: So I was working at a company called Newell Rubbermaid. You guys probably have products made by Newell Rubbermaid in your homes. And, um, I was calling on Home Depots when my friend Latoria sent me a job listing from a recruiter. So she had just accepted a position with another company, no longer looking and said, hey, you know, I don't know what this is all about. Just give him a call. The company he was recruiting for, and I think this was 2005, actually. So he was recruiting for Zodiac Pool Systems, which at the time was based out of Pompano Beach, Florida. I went to my interview after a really long day of working in stores I'll never forget this part. The hiring manager slid a copy of a trade publication over the table and he said, very proudly, we just bought Polaris. My 23-year-old bubbly response was, oh, the jet ski company. That's really cool. (laughs) 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 That was about the extent of my knowledge right there. So somehow they still hired me. I worked in a couple of different roles over three years for Zodiac. Territory manager, business development manager, and those are kind of the primary ones It changed a few times. But that's how I ended up in the industry and then obviously went on to work at NC Brands after that. So you went from Zodiac to NC Brands? Well, there was a little bit of a gap. So when I left Zodiac in June of 2008, my plan was to be a stay-at-home mom. Anyone who knows me has a great laugh at that because I'm not kidding. I lasted two weeks before I interviewed for the role with Natural Chemistry. <laughs> um, so no exaggeration. It was two weeks after I had my son. Uh, it was my first solo trip out of the house, and I was wearing elastic waist um, dress maternity pants with a suit coat over it. So,
0: Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I
1: must have looked like an exhausted hot mess. <laughs> But I was thrilled to be having adult conversations again. So the interview went two hours. And by the end of it, I just knew I wanted to work for natural chemistry. So I was lucky enough that happened in, let's, I think it was the beginning of August since Christopher was born in the end of July. And I didn't go back to work until November. So it gave me you know over four months to be home with my son.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I was going to say how, I mean, did you start right away? Cause that sounds really intense to have a newborn. I mean, obviously as we all know, because I keep talking about it, (laughs) I have a newborn right now. So I, you know, I can, I can barely get four or five hours of work in a day. So It's it's a challenge.
1: I I had a really supportive husband and it was kind of role reverse a little bit because I was actually in a traveling sales position. The balance that had to be found. I mean, I would work my territory in the Southern part of it, uh, during the day, drive home, have dinner, put my son to bed, and drive to Philly and stay in a hotel and and get started early the next day. It was a lot. I had a lot of support, but sometimes I look back and and I don't know how we got through those days. NC Brands was bought
0: by BioLab and Kick this time last year, right? Yeah, just about a year ago it was announced at the Atlantic City show. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was what does your job entail? I mean, I feel like brand manager can encompass a lot of things and it's different from from company to company. So I'm I wanna know what that looks like for you. And then I'm curious if it's changed any since Biolab took over. Great questions. Yeah. What doesn't it entail these days? <laughs> um yeah. it's uh you know I
1: I wake up excited to do my job every day because every day is different. You know, one day I could be helping to write copy for a label or an advertising Another day I could be working on a video project or planning for a trade show even down to packing crates. we do that quite a bit so um, and <laughs> you know sometimes I even get asked to work tabletop shows in the field like that one last week. Every single day every single week is different which is fantastic for someone like me that gets bored easily. So it's just a lot of different components. And, and yeah, it has changed truthfully since the acquisition. I find that there's a little bit more structure on this side versus a smaller privately owned company. I wore a lot of different hats when we were just natural chemistry. And, and I do wear a lot of hats now, but it's it's different. the The responsibilities are a little bit different. It's more analytical, a little bit more business-minded than what I was doing in the past. And and I'm loving every minute of it.
0: And you just started going back to school
1: as well, right? Yeah. Well, I'm about... Hold on. What did I figure out earlier? 71.6% of the way through...
0: Oh, wow. So no, you've been doing it for a while then. Yeah, actually,
1: um, two years ago in Atlantic City was the beginning of my program. So I'm I'm getting my MBA. I don't get much sleep these days, but I really wanted to get a formal education on a lot of the business subjects that previously I was just kind of learning as I would go. My undergraduate degree was English with a writing concentration. And really, that was... That
0: sounds familiar. Is that what you have? Well, I got my undergrad in English literature. So yeah. yeah, And my... Minor was in journalism, so oh wow! See, but
1: you're actually using it, <laughs> and I do use it. You know, I have written articles for trade publications and different um, aspects, and and social and things like that. But um, at that time, I had no idea what I wanted to do, and I just wanted something that was flexible and could kind of allow me to pick and choose what I wanted to do in the future, instead of like being. Pigeonholed into one specific concentration. You know, as time went by and I kind of went down this path of business and marketing and sales and all that fun stuff, I, I actually craved the formal education component. My older sister, who passed away in 2016, she was a teacher. She's a huge proponent of education. And I just knew that this was
0: something that she would be proud of. Oh, that's really great. Yeah. I can definitely relate to what you just said, because that was a lot of the reasons why I got an English degree was looking for that flexibility and something that could translate to a lot of different things. But there is part of me that is like, why didn't you pick something that was a little bit more, you know, looking at what I do now, having a business degree or a business background would be really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And business is changing. I mean, a lot
1: of the stuff that I am learning now in this program, you know, it changes, especially when it comes to marketing, which I know we're going to talk about, but it changes on the daily. But the fundamentals, that's what I really wanted to learn from this program is kind of just wrap my mind around some of the different concepts that I've learned on the fly.
0: You mentioned how marketing is is changing and how business is changing. Um, What are some of the changes that you've seen, especially in marketing since you started in the industry? Yeah. So I think since starting in this
1: industry, I was in sales and marketing for about three years prior to this role, but, or to this industry, I should say. I think it's changed tremendously just because we live in such a more digital world and we are bombarded by marketing and advertising all day, every day. So You know, when I started in sales for Zodiac 14 years ago, I I printed out MapQuest directions for my day. And if I took one wrong turn, it threw everything off. Um, Today, I I would use Waze and it would tell me where to go and, and show me advertisements for food, gas, and you name it on the way. So, my digital marketing professor told me this in my last session of classes. And I think a few people I've told this to along the way. Don't believe me, but this is from a a man who is teaching in the field. He said that we are hit with three thousand ads per day, so wow, that's just insane. I mean, and a lot of times we're not even noticing them, so there's yeah. so much noise now to cut through than even just a few years ago. Um it's not only difficult to get people's attention, it's even more difficult to maintain it. So you've got just so many distractions, videos have to be shorter. You have to get to your point very quickly. It's just a really high-stimulation world at this
0: point. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, that's uh, 3,000 sounds about on par. <laughs> right, right, because you don't notice most of them. I mean, that, unless it is a
1: memorable, a funny, you know, kind of a splashy advertisement, it can mm-hmm. fade into the background.
0: Do you feel like marketing has changed for manufacturers versus retailers? I mean, I like B2B marketing versus B2C marketing, There's there's got to be some some differences there. In, Yeah. Kind of the things that you have to focus on one versus the other.
1: Yeah. So, you know, a challenge that we struggle with on the manufacturing side um, and we sell through distribution who then sells to retailers and then sells sells to the consumer. So there's a lot of steps between ourselves and the consumer. That is a challenge that we navigate. It's difficult because when we direct a consumer to a store, we can't always be certain that they have the specific product of ours that the consumer might be looking for. So, the best thing that we could do and and we could be better at it truthfully is get data and get more organized and i don't know if this is just because i just started a class called marketing research uh, i don't know monday um no. but <laughs> the the importance of data is it's just so important and and right now you know while marketing has changed in all those years that i've been in the industry The world has changed, and we've got so many more tools at our fingerprints or fingertips, not fingerprints, you know, that we can make use of. This is something that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned when I knew I was going to talk to you. There's services and tools that you can use to to help your business. So, like for example, a few years back, we at Natural Chemistry wanted to update our website. Full disclosure and full disclaimer, truth be told, our website's already due for another update, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's beside the point. We used a program called usertesting.com. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay, super cool program. So we were able to use it to get real-time feedback from real consumers as they navigated our website. So basically, they have the camera recording their screen. There's a microphone that they talk into, and it just basically kind of plots their journey. You know, everybody, it's a big buzzword to talk about the customer journey and the customer experience, yeah. but this is something that you can actually see it and not be in the room. So you get real feedback, sometimes brutal feedback. Um <sighs> It was hard to watch at times. It was a bit painful, but I highly, highly recommend whether it's usertesting.com or something like that, just to see, you know, what your misses might be on your website. The things we took for granted as being common knowledge, you know, were pointed out as being confusing. So like you can actually give them tasks and say, okay, go on our website and find one of our dealers. And one thing that we found out is our use of the term dealer locator caused confusion and consumers were very Mm. vocal that they'd rather it say where to buy.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah,
1: it was really cool feedback. And they record it so you can watch the videos over. You don't have to just see it once.
0: It's really,
1: really cool tool for someone looking to beef up their web presence.
0: So it's kind of like market research. I I mean, you know, you see on TV where they put people in a room and they do product testing and they ask them questions. So it's basically like that, but just online. And yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. And the cool thing is you can pick like what kind of consumer
1: you want to do it. I th- I, think you can actually, oh. yeah, I think you can actually say, okay, they are a pool owner. I w- I want pool owners or hot tub owners to navigate my site so
0: that you can be specific to your clientele. Were there any other ch- big changes that you guys made based on that feedback? I mean the the where to buy was is a great one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think, oh gosh, it was
1: a little while ago. I think our tasks were a little too difficult. It was like trying to get them to find an SDS sheet or something like that. So oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I think we probably could have done a little bit more simplistic but the cool thing too is like even when you're the questions that you ask people go way off with their feedback so they're not just doing what you told them and and they get they get paid to do this actually um kind of a cool thing so they they make money to do these reviews and they want to be rated highly so they'll spend time giving you feedback even on things you didn't ask for so so like okay I clicked on this button it didn't work you guys should fix that so it was it was really eye-opening I mean we had I want say, we had like an hour, hour and a half worth of feedback to go through. And it was just fantastic.
0: Do they look at this while the site is in beta or is is the site already live and they're looking at it? You know, I don't know if they can do it in beta. Ours was live. So it was our actual
1: active website.
0: Was it really expensive or is it something you think that retailers would be able to afford to do?
1: I remember that they let us do like one group of 10, I think it was, for a, a reduced price. So it was definitely affordable for the first time. If you started using it repeatedly, that's where you would incur a pretty significant cost.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a great tip. I've never heard of that. I'm, I'm looking at it, something that we should probably do for our business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to do it again. So... How important do you think marketing is, especially on the chemical side, for retailers to be able to capture those sales? I mean, with the internet and Amazon and big box stores, it seems like that is something that would be pretty easy to be gutted.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important because there's so many options out there. It's kind of like the whole noise thing with advertising, there's so many products now. Yeah. You really need your your products and your marketing to speak to the end user. So when we relaunched our spa line a few years ago, our old look and feel, they were lacking. I mean, it kind of looked like a hodgepodge of different products and there was no cohesiveness. So we were really focused in on connecting with the users, engaging on the whole lifestyle and wellness approach. And so we completely revamped the spa line. We did, you know, some different things as well. So the packaging which you've probably seen it at the shows, but we focused on this kind of look and feel on the products that weren't registered products. We had some extra space. So we did some blurbs highlighting the benefits and wellness and inspired by nature, all these different terms that Consumers really relate to it, and I kind of had some fun with it, truthfully. You know, you see that in marketing all the time now, where manufacturers are making just funny claims or or just trying to catch people's attention. Yeah, we did that. You know, we do a different program with our hot tub line as we do customizable startup bags. So like. We give the the retailer bags to create their own startup kit. Everybody's water is different. Everybody has different needs. Um, So we provide those tools so that they can say, okay, I'm the expert. I'm the professional here. And let me show you which products you need and explain to you why. Anybody can sell a box of a startup kit. But when you walk someone through I'm hand-selecting these for you and putting these in this box, in this bag with a little booklet that we provide that's waterproof, that explains water chemistry and FAQs for hot tub owners. All of that kind of creates this experience for the consumer that they can't get somewhere else, that they can't get from your competitor or they can't get from just an online retailer. So do you think that that specialization starts with that initial hot tub sale then? I would think so. Absolutely. I know, you know, wh- Typically, I would assume that consumers, if they're put on a program when they purchase the hot tub. That's kind of what they stick with for the most part. So if you can start them off on the right path and explain to them why, you know, people don't understand, okay, I add this, I add that. Why am I doing that? In a digestible way, I think that that's going to be a program that they'll stick on rather than, you know, just throwing a box at them and saying, here, read the manual
0: and figure it out. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for hot tub retailers to capture customers who weren't their hot tub customer to come in for chemicals after the fact? I mean, I feel like that would be the hard one is to get someone who... Um, doesn't have any experience with your business, but has a hot tub and needs something. I think it'd be harder to get those people to come back in versus the people you already have relationships with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is a challenge, but they probably walked into your store for a reason. So whether they, you know, the location might be better or they had an issue with the other company that they were using, that's your opportunity. And the best thing you can do is promote yourselves as the experts. Um, I think something that our industry doesn't doesn't really tout its, or toot its own horn, I guess I'll say, is the importance of water testing. I mean, that, that knowledge for someone to be able to test your water and analyze it is invaluable. You know, that's going, that water needs to be in certain parameters and in certain condition to keep my family safe. And, you know i don't think people realize how important that is to have an expert telling you the steps that you need to take and and how to properly take care of your water to enjoy your spa experience but also to stay safe
0: yeah i think you know that education part and testing the water is really important i think a lot of retailers do that now but you're right they don't maybe do a great job of promoting it and saying, hey, come in here and we'll tell you what you need and what's wrong. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not even a scare tactic as much as just a, you know, it's kind of an insurance policy to say, okay, you know, I get my water tested weekly or biweekly, whatever they choose to do. And you know that it's being looked at by someone who's got way more experience than you. And as a consumer, I just want to hear, you know, is this good? Is it bad? Do I need to add something? What's going on? I don't even really want to be a junior chemist and learn why. I just want to know that it that it's a healthy situation for my family to go into or that it, you know, there are no issues that I need to address.
0: Do you have any specific strategies that you think would help hot tub retailers to combat internet sales? I mean, that seems to be where most people feel like they're losing their chemical customers is to the Amazons of the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I would definitely highlight the the in-store capabilities of testing and expertise. The other thing, there's another tool, and I'm not an expert on it by any means, but I do want to mention it because it was something I learned in school. There's a service called SpyFu. Um, have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. So <laughs> they are all new ones for me. <laughs> um, so basically a keyword research tool And, um, you, you basically go on there, you know, they have paid versions. I don't know if they have a free version. I'm not quite sure, but I would definitely check it out. But basically you can get an overview of the different keywords that people are using, um, see what successful ads are being run. That's the one that I love. So like, you know, we did a, a project on, um, tempur And so we would look up mattress and see like what the successful keywords are, what the most successful advertisers were. And, and then it actually shows you their best ads. So this is a really, really great tool for someone who's trying to beef up their online presence on their own website. Um, you can kind of see what other people are doing successfully. You can see the keywords that you might want to buy. Um, if you are able to do some advertising, some paid advertising, PPC, um, So yeah, basically, I would highly recommend checking out SpyFu. That's one that's newer for me, but it's one I wanted to mention.
0: Yeah, this looks really great, too. And it's not, I mean, I pulled up the pricing page right now. I mean, and it looks like it's pretty reasonable for most people. Um, You know, they're not going to need five or six people to log in, just maybe one or two. So yeah, this could be really helpful. Yeah, and it explains a lot of things. You know, it's got um,
1: different tutorials. It's got blogs, and you know, explains to people best practices. That was one of the things that I saw in there. So we used it to do a report, um, like I said, on Tempurpedic for school, and it was really interesting to see, you know, what people were searching for when it came to, in this case, mattresses, I chose a generic term just so that we could, uh, you know, have this conversation. But, um, you know, the the mattress industry, it's experiencing a lot of disruption right now. You've got these bed in a box situations. I know I bought one that came in a box and I lugged it up the stairs and put it up myself. It took, two days to, oh oh, yeah, it's great. It took like two days to inflate or whatever it is, but um, this is kind of a disruptive thing to that industry. So, um, you know, if you can find ways that other people are succeeding, see what's working, see what keywords are appropriate for your business,
0: there's a lot you can do with this. Yeah. You know, you talked about how important data is and that's something that coming into this industry as a reporter has always been kind of frustrating and i know it's frustrating for the entire industry because i don't i feel like we don't right. have a ton of data you know if you look at other industries like the car industry or you know there's a lot of data you can see what sales were across the board that year and and you don't really have that necessarily for the the hot tub industry or the a little bit more on the pool industry since more right. of those companies are public but so this is a great way where you can get some data on your local market that you otherwise would never have any access to so that's that's really great yeah and it's spelled spy fu s p y f u okay
1: great. <laughs> and I'm not affiliated with them in any way, shape, or form. I just thought it was so cool. I I didn't even realize that this kind of information was out there before that class. So it was, you know, I spent a lot more time on it than I probably should have when I first got access just to see, you know, searching everything I could think of. So yeah.
0: Do you see out in the field with your customers, do you see any marketing strategies in particular that are really working for retailers right now? I think Facebook advertising
1: has been pretty successful. Um, mm. You know, for, a, for a, a retailer, you can do those kind of regional or, or geographic um, targeted posts for really inexpensive. A yeah. um, little bit harder for us, you know, being that we're throughout North America um, to have content that's appropriate for all markets at the exact same time. But I would think for local retailers, I've seen some success with that. You know, e-blasts, blogs, things like that. I think are are good opportunities. But the cool thing, if you were to do, let's say, Facebook advertising, for example, um, you could do a an enticing call to action. So, like, click here to download a coupon that you can bring into the store for X dollars off of a new hot tub. So, I think those opportunities to talk directly to the the end user consumer, they are important. The problem is you've got to build up that kind of network first, and yeah. I think that's where people struggle. So um, I'll probably give you my biggest tip, and I know my social media team mates are probably going to say, Jamie, why would you say that? But I'm going to. Um, we completely changed our, our social media strategy on the natural chemistry side a few years ago. Because consumers, they don't want you to post, this product is fantastic because it does bullet one, two, three, four, right? They want fun content. They want content that they can share with their friends, funny memes, good recipes, you know, playlists for the backyard. That's how you create that kind of emotional connection between your company, in the example of a hot tub store, or your brand in our case. And
0: and people think, okay, they post cool stuff. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to see what they're up to. I feel like it's all about personality and kind of knowing who you are and knowing what your business is and kind of that image that you want to portray. And yeah, it's got to be engaging. And I mean, you just look at like the things that are popular online and the people that are popular online. And it's just this kind of cult of personality. Yes. <laughs> and I and I think you can give your business a personality without having to necessarily put you know, one person out there being silly or something, but, you know, it needs to be a little fun and it needs to be something that, like you said, people actually want to look at and read and use. Yeah, absolutely. And you also can't, you can't
1: back down from, I hate to say it, but there are going to be trolls. You're going to have people that, you know, whatever you do, you can't make them happy. And the, to me, and this is just my personal opinion, I think the worst thing you can do is ignore someone when that happens. You know, you you try, the best thing you can do is try to direct them offline. You know, please DM us your information and we'll contact you right away. Then, of course, you have to contact them. But try to, you know, diffuse slash take it offline so that it doesn't become this thing that everybody's watching the battle back and forth. But, I, you know, it, it kills me when I know somebody is in the wrong, let's say, and they're attacking a brand and the brand doesn't do anything, brand, store, whatever it is, doesn't do anything to defend itself. So I think some of the best um, responses that I've seen have just been factually based. They don't get emotional. They provide real details of what happened and and what resolution they they provided. So you're going to get the good and the bad. But I think if you position your store, your brand as you know, a fun expert in the industry, you're going to gain more followers. We saw a significant increase, significant when we went from product posts and and just kind of dry
0: content, I'll say to more fun, engaging content that could be shared. We've talked about reviews a lot on the podcast because anytime we get a retailer on here, it just comes up. And I think that's something that we've talked about in the past as well. You know, when you get that negative feedback, whether it's a review or it's a comment on your social media, that response is so important. And I, as a consumer, I look at those responses and I don't... I think people understand that there are unreasonable people out there and people understand that things are going to go wrong. It's really about how do they respond and how do they fix the problem? That's what you care about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was once part of a a
1: product launch that maybe was less than ideal in another job and, um, (laughs) it was it's interesting the relationships that I was able to build out of that negative situation because instead of just running away and hiding from the problem we faced it head-on and we had solutions and we stayed in communication and I just think that's really important for anybody um, you know dealing with a a digital media presence, making sure that your name, you know, has good reviews and has good remarks by it, but not being afraid of the people when they are negative. So consumer testimonials in general are just a huge way to help both big and small businesses, trying to find a way to make it fun and, and be strategic in in what you're posting. So, you know, there's a way to plug products, but not be so obvious, I guess I'll say.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and I think people understand what you're doing, but like if it's, if it's good content, they don't necessarily care. Yes, exactly. So you've given us a couple good specific things to try out with user testing and uh, SpyFu but is there are there any other new marketing options that you see coming down the road that you think will be beneficial in the future? Maybe something that other industries are using that we haven't started seeing yet in the pool and hot tub industry, or just those pie in the sky. When I was in, in grad school, they were, the big thing was e-ink. They were very excited about that, which never became an actual thing. What is e-ink? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is, I mean, the, that is the funny thing is that, so this was in 2007, which was, the, I think, the year that the iPhone launched, and so okay. it, at the time, e-ink was like, you'd put out a magazine, and there would be this this thing on there, this e-ink, that would change, you know, so you could change your message on the actual print publication. Well, huh. that's an iPad, right? (laughs) (laughs) So a different technology came out that replaced that, but that was the big thing that they were very excited about at the time was e-ink. And I think, I think Esquire actually put out an issue that had it on there, but that's the only one I ever saw. (laughs) Yeah. I was going
1: to say, I've never heard of it, but you know, I I don't know. You're seeing newer things every single day, new technologies. I mean, I had a a woman come for a meeting and she plugged a, a little printer into her laptop. And I was like, you can print from your laptop with a, like, thing that looks like the size of a ruler now. So um, I think it's just being aware of new technologies as they arise. Uh, SpyFu and user testing are just a couple of the ones that I, I can think of off the top of my head. I probably have to think of, of future ones. I think Google Advertising is underutilized in our industry i think that's something that we really that that especially retailers should be looking into to try to you know increase their presence on the web and i just think that more and more digital some of these these videos that we used to sit and watch a two minute video i i can barely sit still for two minutes anymore (laughs) so you know their brands are making six second videos so you know just getting more into the digital era of things um now I have a lot of, of stores, both pool and hot tub, that are showing videos in their showrooms because they're trying to keep the attention of the consumer while they're waiting. Um, so digital content, absolutely. Consumer reviews and testimonials, finding a way to incorporate those in a creative way. I mean, sometimes just somebody telling another consumer about their experience is just so powerful. And and as a someone in branding, I can't capture that Connection that they make when somebody hears it from their peer, Um, you know, just finding ways to kind of capitalize on the good reviews and and the good advertising, even word of mouth that people are giving
0: out there. We all understand that from a retailer perspective, you know how important those reviews are and those customer testimonials are, and we talk about it all the time. And I kind of laugh because at least in our magazine and on the trade side is that I don't see very many brands doing that. And it, 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 I feel like it's the same and they don't, and they don't do it. You know, it's yeah. put or put a retailer on your ad who is <laughs> successful and says, this works for us and has made us money. Right. You know, I, I don't understand why you don't see more of that, you know, in the B2B space. <laughs> right. I'll tell you one of the best um, reviews that
1: I've ever read. And this one made my jaw drop was a woman out of Tampa, Florida, wrote about one of our products that it was one of the if I die things she's told her husband is if I die, don't forget to put six ounces of this product in each week. It's all <laughs> he knows how to do to the pool. That's amazing. I thought someone was messing with me, but it was a hundred percent real review. So that's so great. Yeah. And and we did use that one in a little bit of advertising. I think we we put it in a couple of ads, but you're right, it it could be used more. I think a lot of times people Maybe they could be skeptical if it's like, you know, Susie Q from Tampa or whatever it is. Um, If you can actually get the consumer to personally go in front of the camera and speak about it, um, that's where you'll see, I would say the most bang for your buck. We work a retail sale that is one of the busiest ones, you know, in the country. And everybody walks up to us and they're, oh, I love your products. It's the best thing ever. I use it all the time. And it's like, hey, that's awesome. You want to say that on camera? Uh, Oh, I got to (laughs) go. Right. Nobody sure. wants to be recorded. They they
0: don't like to see themselves in film, but um, yeah. if you can capture that, it's absolute gold. Do you find that to get people to do that, you have to give them some kind of incentive?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people do. You know, They become a lot less shy when they have an incentive. There's a balance to be found though, because you want it to be authentic you want it to be just because they love the product and and they value it so much. So that is a tactic that people have used in the past. I know, I think actually you have to disclaim it too, if that's what you did to get a testimonial. So um Yeah, there's there are some rules around that that I would look into for sure.
0: It is a, a fine line between let me thank you for doing this for me versus um, I will pay you to say something <laughs> nice about us. <laughs> that I don't think is okay. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Do you see anything, any new technologies in store that are making an impact? I mean, you talked about you talked about video, but I know people have tried virtual reality and you know some of these interactive kiosks yeah. and some things like that. Have you do you see any of that stuff that's maybe being helpful to people? Yeah. Well, first off, let me say after virtual reality has hit the
1: Christmas world and in my household, I don't see my child anymore. So I might just borrow those oh, goggles really? and put them in a store. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's the virtual reality has come so far. It's it's unbelievable what what has happened. Just some of the things that I I've seen at marketing conventions, for example, GPS technology. So, I think it was Heineken they had like a gps enabled cap on a beer and it took people from one spot to the next almost on like a scavenger hunt of bars so that was a really wow. cool use of technology absolutely there were time sensitive offers going to people via text message so this was in another country i can't remember where it was but people within the vicinity of a store would get a text message that says you know if you get to the store in 15 minutes you're going to get 50% off if you get here in 10 you're going to get 40 and the number would go down with the, you know, as the time went on. So GPS enabled technology, near field technology, that kind of stuff I see as the future, but I don't know if that's anytime really soon in our industry, but it's being tested in in areas of the world for sure.
0: Yeah. And we've definitely ran some stories in the past about people who have tried some geo-targeting and things like that. And it sounds like, it sounds like it can work and does work, but it takes it takes a lot of time and trial and right. error. <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they have to be able to get to the store in time or, you know, have the need for a pair of shoes or, or whatever it is. So, right? yeah, I think there's tweaks to be to be worked out for sure. A few years back, we actually brought what is called the Holographic Greeter to the Atlantic City Show, I believe it was. And the Holographic Greeter is, it's basically a a platform with a projector built into it. And it projected the image of our Director of Training and Education, Chris Marcano, onto this cutout. And... (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone knows Chris Marconi, he's about I think he's about six foot three, and this had him at about I think five foot nine. So that was the the funniest part of it, would seeing him kind of tower over it as he stood next to it. But um, it was pretty cool. I mean, he, he had recorded messages with animation that. Um, As he was talking about things, um, the animation would appear in his hands and you could see like enzyme reactions and and different scrubbing um, action to show the reduction in scrubbing. So really kind of a different approach. We got a lot of buzz about it at the show.
0: I don't remember this at all, but that sounds really, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I feel like the trade shows need a little bit, something fun yeah. to inject into into their booths. I think that's kind of a fun idea. Well, the other
1: thing we did last year is we hit him with a dancing chicken during his uh, seminar. Uh, that,
0: that I do remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and a little bit of background on that. It was Chris's birthday, the day he was presenting. And I think he made a joke along the lines of, if you guys don't bring me a cake, I'll be hurt. So... Um, challenge accepted, we hired a dancing chicken to bring that cake to him during his class. So amazing. Yeah,
0: he I, I couldn't tell if he enjoyed it
1: or if he was mortified. I think it was a little bit of both. Actually. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can't live that one down. So we don't have anything up our sleeves for Atlantic City this year. So oh, well, it's no no dancing chickens and no holograms. That's too bad. <laughs> Maybe next year. Well, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to have Jamie answer our uh, spa retailer 10 and see where she lands on some of those fun questions. Does your spa business offer a customer experience that engages and excites? Bullfrog Spas is the only hot tub manufacturing partner with a program dedicated to retail experience. Power Per Square Foot is a set of customer experience best practices designed to elevate dealership performance. With game-changing products, interactive sales tools, and step-by-step planning guides, Power Per Square Foot by Bullfrog Spas provides the complete package you need to succeed in today's retail environment. Visit BullfrogSpas.com to learn about dealership opportunities today. So the Spa Retailer 10, we thought it'd be kind of fun to end each of our interviews by asking people kind of the same set of 10 questions just about their life and, you know, the things that they like and all of that kind of fun stuff. So... It's your turn, Jamie. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite vacation spot? I would say
1: anywhere in the Caribbean. So I love to be warm, but I also hide from the sun.
0: So I'm a little bit of a walking contradiction. I understand that. As as someone who is uh, perpetually pale, I also love and hide from the sun. Yes, yes. Like to be warm, though, at all times. So what is your favorite restaurant or food? I mean, I know you travel a lot, so you have any any good places that people should check out next time they're out and about? Oh, that's a good one. So there's a couple of places um, here in Baltimore.
1: Well, I guess closer to me, Baco in Abingdon, Maryland, gets a shout out. Woodbury Kitchen, downtown Baltimore, um anything Italian truthfully for me I can uh. yeah I can cook about 3 things and one of the dishes I can cook is a white lasagna pretty sure my son will never eat it again because he's had it too many times in his life already
0: <laughs> hey, you have to have the go-to's when you're yeah. when you're a busy mom. Yep. Do you remember what your first sale was in the industry which Believe it or not you were the first person who ever bought anything from me oh. you bought my, you bought the very first ad that I ever sold after I, I bought the magazine and I'm pretty sure you did it like just to make me feel better <laughs> about myself and I and I needed it I needed a little encouragement and you gave it to me. Well, that's an honor. I'm glad to hold that title. I appreciate that. That's
1: that's really cool. I you know oh my goodness I don't really remember isn't that terrible um my guess would be probably nature to uh to a customer somewhere in the mid-atlantic region but the good news good news about that is a lot of people already used that product at the time so that part of my job was really easy yeah sure that makes sense what was your first real job my fr- so real is in not babysitting. So um,
0: Yeah, real is in you, you would get a W-2 oh, at the end okay. of the year. Like <laughs> well, you get a W-2
1: from KB Toys and Abercrombie and & Fitch while well, in college, but-, oh. <laughs> um, but we'll skip those because those are bad memory. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my first job was a field marketing representative for Newell Rubbermaid. So I actually started out okay. in the Walmart division and then got transferred to the Depot division probably within a year or so.
0: I don't know. I kinda wanna hear about what it's like to work at KB Toys. Especially <laughs> at like Christmas time. It's yeah. yeah, that's a I mean, that's a blast from the past. I don't yeah. they don't exist anymore, do they? They sure don't. No way. <laughs> uh, but I uh, yeah, you know, I remember as a kid when you went to the mall, Ooh, you yeah. went to KB Toys. That was the place to go. It was. And and it was actually, you know, it was kind of fun. We
1: would be shooting baskets while we were working. I mean, it was there was a lot going on. Those stores were very,
0: very crowded. Lots of lots of toys everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, they, yes, that is very true. <laughs> if, uh, if you weren't doing this, what do you think you would be doing? So I would probably love to be a college
1: professor, believe it or not. Um, I don't know if that's because they always like breezed in three minutes late with a cool briefcase, or <laughs> just I actually want to teach, but um,
0: the kind of nostalgia to going on campus, it, it makes me feel young again, so. Yeah, I can see that. I have I have visions of myself maybe one day teaching a teaching a class or two. Yeah. That seems like yeah, I would I would probably enjoy that. Although now that my oldest daughter is in preschool, every time I go to her school, I say to myself, I am so glad I didn't become a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I don't think younger. It would have to be older mm-hmm. professor age,
1: definitely. Not younger. Yes. Yeah. No, a hundred percent.
0: We ask people, you know, a lot of times we're talking to to business owners, but you can translate this to your experience. What's kind of the worst product or idea or flop you have ever had in your, in your job? Something that just completely bombed. Okay. So <laughs> it was an attempt at something cool. So I'm really going to give it an
1: A for effort. We, years ago, I'd say it's like eight years ago now, we made a, a product called a water bagel. I'm sure you haven't heard of it. So, nope. Okay. Nope. That's a new. That's new. That's a doozy. <laughs> so um, the water bagel was supposed to be a reusable and bag to test water, and it was going to be a no charge item that we gave out to our dealers, and it was it was meant to replace bulky water bottles. So I actually wasn't in marketing at the time, but somehow do not reuse ended up on the back, and and people just did not love it. So um, needless to say, water bottles are just as popular as ever.
0: So, <laughs> so a reusable bag that said. Do not reuse. Yes, a water bagel. <laughs> wow, I do, like. I can't even picture. I can't even picture like what that would. What that would look like. Oh, I'll like. find a picture and send it over to you. Oh, good. Yeah, I think people would like to like to see this. I'm sure some. I'm sure some of our listeners remember. It. Yeah, you know, it was cool. It
1: actually had a spot to put like the customer's name and information on it. Um, it just it just never took off. I mean, people like the bottles. That's what's been used for a million years. So people just
0: stuck with that. It sounds like it was a good, like you said a good attempt. Yeah, a, for effort. a for effort. Exactly. <laughs> so on the on the other side is what what's maybe the the best idea or biggest kind of game changer that you've that you've had in your job. Yeah, and I, and I'm not saying
1: this just because I'm on the Spa Retailer podcast. I would say relaunching our hot tub line with a, a new look, actually really cool story about how that line came to be we were looking at revamping it for quite a while and then all of a sudden the stars just aligned and we did a photo shoot in Toronto in October and somehow it was 75 degrees out beautiful sunny day so we were able yeah, yeah we were able to kind of get our own original content which is pretty cool because we have all those images to use in marketing our dealers can use it in marketing as well so i think just kind of completely overhauling that line all at once has been a big game changer to me in our business.
0: Yeah, I remember when you guys when you guys did that. I think we did a story yeah. at the time about um everything you did that went into putting that together. So we'll have to we'll have to link to that to remind people all of the the backstory on yeah, that. Yeah, I think you might have been the first person to interview me. So we're each other's first on a couple of things. There there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the scariest leap of faith you've ever made in your in your business or your personal life? Yeah, um I would say Hmm. in in my business
1: life, probably leaving a fortune Five hundred company that had, a pretty clear career path. You go from this to this to this to checking out this laid back industry for pool and hot tub products. And I got to say, it was yeah. the best leap of faith I've ever
0: taken. That's great. Yeah. Well, and you know, they say once you get into the pool and spa industry, you never leave. And I, they, that seems to be true so far for both of they us. They told me that
1: too. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, here I am.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it is. it is fun and the people are great. And, you know, there's all those parts of it that make it You know, really um, rewarding. Yes, absolutely. I've I've got lifelong friends from this industry, customers,
1: you know, coworkers alike. Just so many fantastic, wonderful people. So I look forward to the trade shows so I can catch up with everybody. Actually,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, I took my husband after I bought the business. He went to the national trade show with me for the to kind of help out and be my my booth babe. Um, (laughs) I remember this. uh, yes, yes. And so I was I was double booked one night and I said, okay, I have to go to this event and I need you to go to this one um, and try to talk to these couple of people who are our customers and just say hi, they know you're going to be there. And um, he ran into you and Chris. Yep. Yeah. And you guys became just, you know, fast, fast friends. And he's still in- instant besties. <laughs> yes. Anytime, anytime I go to a, an event, he'll say, hey, did you see my friends there? Did you, did you <laughs> talk to to Chris and Jamie? What's going, what's going on? Yes. Please tell
1: him we say hi. We We talk about that all the time. That was just so funny how it all came about because, you know, he was by himself and we were a little bit, you know, out of place, I guess I'll say. And, and we just instantly gravitated towards each other and had some great laughs. It was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it's that was you guys were his first introduction to the to the pool and spa industry. So oh boy, <laughs> and he didn't go running. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> haven't seen him
1: again since. Hmm, I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, he should be he'll probably be making an appearance at the next at the next trade show, um, holding our baby while we stand <laughs> in the booth. So <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait to catch up. That's awesome. Have you had a mentor in your life, either, you know, in work life or personal life or someone who really felt like kind of taught you the ropes? yeah, I'd actually
1: say i have I've had two. from a personal perspective, a woman named Becky Galli, she changed my life. she uh, i can't I can't say enough about Becky. She, hired me to be a nanny when I was in college. And just to give you an idea of the path that I was on, I showed up to the job interview wearing windbreaker pants and a flannel. So I don't know why she hired me, but Becky is just, she's one of those people that she's just so incredibly inspiring. She was paralyzed many years ago And she also had children with special needs. And so part of my job was to drive the kids to and from school. I would stay overnight and help around the house, things like that. But she is just one of the most positive, upbeat people I've ever met in my entire life. She's actually written a book. She is just unbelievable. So she changed my life. I mean, my entire attitude changed when I met Becky Galli. So she would be my personal mentor. And then Professionally, Debbie Gordon was the CFO of Natural Chemistry pre-acquisition and and she was just always so composed, so intelligent and just knows her stuff. So she's been a mentor to me over the years as well.
0: I think I remember speaking with Debbie as well. And it was it was kind of funny. And we talked about women in the industry. <laughs> there was a time where I felt like at NC Brands, you kind of had a, a powerhouse of <laughs> women in in leadership positions. Yeah. That was pretty unusual. And, and it was and it was great. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that was a, that was a fun time. It's Debbie. She's one of those people that she's just so confident, so poised, really, really miss working with her. She's actually moved on uh post-acquisition?
0: So I don't know if you are a a reader, a watcher, or a listener, but do you have any, a favorite book or TV show or podcast or anything
1: along those lines? Okay, please don't judge, but my guilty pleasure is anything Bravo. So I live for other people's trauma. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's so funny. But I, I also think I'm pretty sure I've seen every episode ever made of Grey's Anatomy, despite a weak stomach for blood or anything medical. So like I said, walking contradiction, but yeah,
0: I love that show as well. So I have to admit that again. Here I am. My New Year's resolution was not to talk about my baby on the podcast. I've probably talked about her three times already, <laughs> just in this single podcast. I'm sorry. I'll keep working on it. But you know, I've I have a lot of late nights where I'm watching meaningless television, and I have to admit, I just rewatched all of Grey's Anatomy. Aww. And yeah, that happened. <laughs> Is <it> like 15 <laughs> seasons? <laughs> Yes. And you you will Impressive. not believe how quickly I powered through that. I mean, I've got a lot of, you know, there's part of me that's like, well, I'm awake. Maybe I should try to do some work, but it's like three yeah, in the morning. I'm not going to, that's not going to happen. Right. So no, it's, I watch, I watch hours and hours of television. I love it. I love it. You know, Netflix
1: is, uh, that's what I say I'm going to do when I graduate. A lot of people ask me, what are you going to do when you get your MBA? I'm just going to watch TV and catch up on Netflix. So.
0: As you should, yeah. you should give yourself a little break. Yes. I can send you my list yes. of all the crazy shows that I have watched and rewatched, like Grey's Anatomy and ER yeah. and uh, The West Wing. I've I've covered all my bases. <laughs> I love it. Sounds awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we got a chance to to catch up. I haven't seen you since about this time last year, so it's it's nice to be able to to chat. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me on and look forward to chatting with you again soon. The Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Retailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at Thank <laughs> you.